When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You heard that safe drivers get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap, and now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 30 of Ghost in the Night, a Hauntings and Paranormal Podcast. I am Phil Sams. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to check out this podcast or video. Whichever you, whichever way you take this podcast in, thank you so much. Today we have a special episode, mainly because I want to get some things off my chest, and I'm going, I want to talk about paranormal hypocrisy. And also then we're going to turn it to a little bit of a lighter note of what drew or what prompted me to get into the paranormal field and share some examples of what got others into the paranormal field. So stick around. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. When it comes to the paranormal, there, I hate to say it, there is a lot of hypocrisy in this world. And what's prompting this episode is on Twitter, I like to throw out questions to other investigators, other paranormal fans, and get their take, get their opinion. So every, every week, every couple of days, or every other week, no certain schedule, I do throw out a question and see what kind of responses I get. I want to hear from the paranormal community and see what their opinions are. So I posed out this question the other day, or a while back actually, and I got a response that was so freaking hypocritical, or not the response wasn't hypocritical, but the response, and then you look at the profile of said person and or they were being a complete hypocrite. It's been weighing on me for a little while now, and I went back and forth on whether to do a podcast or discuss it in any medium. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it today, and I want to get your feedback on what you think. Am I blowing it up a little bit, or I'm making a mountain out of a molehill? Let me know what you think. But the question was, I wanted to find out what was as paranormal investigators what was your biggest what is your biggest difficulty or what trouble do you have or obstacle do you feel is the hardest for you to overcome got a lot of responses and you know a lot of them were typical you know finding places to investigate uh dealing with group size and things such as that nature but one response or one comment i guess i could should say 
came through on my notifications and it just struck me the wrong way. You know, they probably honestly don't even know or don't realize the hypocrisy in what they what they said. But, you know, it is what it is. But I just want to get your opinion on it, like I said earlier. The response was, you know, talking about going to locations. And basically the person says um, that they've been to areas. Oh, I should preface this by saying she is a medium. Um, so she has supposedly some special abilities. She can communicate with the spirit world. Great. You know, that's one thing about mediums. I can't prove or disprove it. I don't know if you're full of shit or not. Um, but I digress. You know, anyway, her response was, you know, that she had been to certain areas and had to redo or fix what, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, what other paranormal investigators have done or, you know, to get these souls or spirits at ease. Now, okay, now in that statement right there would have been fine if she just left it there, you know, because I understand there are some paranormal investigators that I don't, I don't want to say knowingly try to make things worse or provoke. You know, I'm not a big advocate of provoking, but I'm not a big deterrent of provoking. I don't do a lot of it. If I'm dealing with something a little bit um, more darker or what I feel or is presented as evil or spirit is trying to interact with me in a negative type way, okay, maybe I'll get a little bit more aggressive. It's a case-by-case case situation. I mean, I'm not above it, but I don't just walk into a location and go guns blazing and start calling out demons or start calling out spirits and trying to just piss them off to where I get a response. It's not my style, but I do have that tool in my tool belt if the situation is needed or I feel that, or I get the sense that, you know, they're coming at me a little bit. But if, she, like I said, if she would have just left it at that, fine. Because some paranormal investigators maybe do more harm than good. I don't know. This isn't an exact science. We aren't, there isn't, honestly, there's not a right or wrong answer in any of this. This is all personal opinion. Let's be honest. We don't know what we're interacting with or if we're actually interacting with anything. That's the really interesting part of this. We don't know. We all might be complete and total fools and be basically talking to ourselves in the dark and what is actually we are interpreting as evidence or interaction is just our minds collectively playing a big-ass trick on us, essentially. But anyway, let me get back to it. You know, so I do think that maybe some people can do more harm. I've went on, that's why I don't do a lot of residential, um, having a brain fart, residential locations, you know, in people's homes. I did do one not too long ago, but in my, for essentially a family member. And I was leery because I didn't want to stir up something that, or make something worse. So I, I seeked, you know, some counsel from another person who, you know, has some experience with connecting with spirits. And, you know, I just wanted to get her opinion on it and how I should proceed. So I, I, I don't take this lightly, and I don't hope you don't think that I'm coming at this 
with a smart-ass attitude. I do take it serious that things can be made worse. But So I agree with her to a certain extent in this portion of the comment or reply that she had to me on Twitter. But then she had to take it one step forward, one step too far, and say, down with ghost hunting. I'm a spirit advocate. <sighs> really? Okay, down with ghost hunting. And here's where the hypocrisy comes in. I get this comment. I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, whatever. But then I was like, curiosity got the best of me. So what did I do? I clicked on a profile. And what did I see? Pictures of her in a cemetery. Taking pictures with little circles of they're all around me. And I looked at that picture. Guess what? There wasn't shit in them. Just because your f camera is out of focus and you circle some, a blur that, A, it's out of focus. B, it could just be a thumbprint. Doesn't mean it's a spirit. And if that's your evidence, I'm sorry. I'm going to call in, I might call into question your so-called special ability. Because I looked at your pictures. I looked at your so-called visual evidence. Nah. Mm, sucked. Let's be honest. So that calls into question your credibility right there. Now, your spirit advocate, great. But do not sit there and say down with ghost hunting when your profile is filled with stuff you doing the exact same damn thing. I mean, come on. That's that's hypocrisy at its finest. Now, if you think you're helping spirits by getting them to cross over, great. Whatever lets you sleep at night. But don't degrade or say down with ghost hunting when you're doing the exact same damn thing. Come on. That's so hypocritical. And please, use use common sense when before you hit send on a on a uh, tweet or email or whatever hit send check it proofread it, think about it then hit send but just don't for future reference for anybody you know don't do something and then look at your profile and it's filled with the exact same thing you're complaining about i mean just because you think you have special abilities makes you better than me i mean please at least i come at it with a little bit more Science, because your pictures, there was no science in those pictures. I mean, let's get real. And if that's your best evidence, you better go do some more ghost hunting and not be saying down with ghost hunting. Get your ass out there and do it a little bit better. I mean, that's just my two cents. I mean, that just, hypocrisy does kind of get under my crawl a little bit. I mean, just the audacity to say down with ghost hunting. We, I come at it as a way to try to find some answers. I don't know. I'm not even 100% sure there is a spirit world. Maybe the atheists are right. Maybe you pass away, your light gets flipped, turned off, and you just, you just cease to exist. Maybe, and I've said in past episodes, maybe what we're actually encountering is just thin spots in or between dimensions, and we're actually hearing bleed through from a different or alternate universe. It's not really spirits. It's somebody living in a different universe. I don't know. Okay, now that I got that rant a little bit out of my way, and let me know what you think. 
I mean, do you think I'm kind of making a mountain out of a molehill on this one, or do you kind of agree with me? I mean, if you want answers, unfortunately, you're going to have to go seek them and try to find them. And the only way to do that in the paranormal field or paranormal world is to go out and do a little investigating. Now, yeah, you might piss off a few ghosts, and they might not be happy with you. So anyway, let me know what you think. Leave a comment below the description if you're watching on YouTube, or if you're just checking this podcast out via iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, however you take in the podcast. Leave me a comment there, or at night underscore ghost at Twitter. Leave me a comment there, or you can go to the website, ghostinthenightpodcast.com. You can leave a comment at this particular page for this podcast, whichever way is best for you, for you or send me an email directly, ghostinthenightpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about the hypocrisy of saying down with ghost hunting and then basically being a ghost hunter yourself, just with some special abilities. So let me know what you think. Next, I want to get into what gets people started into the paranormal. And I will start with what got me into the paranormal and drives my interest in this topic. So that's what I'm going to talk about next. Okay, so I feel since we're talking about the paranormal and where we got our start. And let me go ahead and talk about how I got my interest in the paranormal before I get into some other people's or other ideas of why other people might get into the paranormal. Now, it's a common theme with most paranormal investigators is they, they, Start because they have an experience. I mean, you heard Zach Baggins' intro to the almighty ghost adventures. Most paranormal investigators get their start or their interest is peaked because of an experience at a younger age or an experience in general early on in life or even late in life. But it's the experience or encountering something you just don't understand. And that drives you to search for answers, which is great, and I can't say how important that is to, in life in general, in any topic or any subject, we have to have a desire to find answers to questions we don't know. That's what makes us human and what we are, is the desire to gain knowledge and better ourselves in every aspect of life. Paranormal is no different. So my experience, I, I like most, like I said, got started with a paranormal experience when I was young. I've talked about how I've lived in several houses. Most of the houses I've lived in throughout my life have had some sort of activity, including the one I live in currently, which like I said in last week's podcast, it's kind of died down outside of that little, matter of fact, the last um, experience or activity that I can say was paranormal because I don't know what happened was the scratch or the scratches from last week's episode. 
pretty much nothing. And I would think the more paranormal investigating I do, you know, because you always hear about people or paranormal investigators going on investigations and are concerned or have brought back or been followed back by a spirit and activity in their house ramps up when they go out in these investigations. Been on plenty of investigations. If anything, in my experience, it's went the other way. The more I go on, the less activity I'm having. So I don't know. You know, that's, that is what it is. But let's get back to my younger experience. Now, my first experience with the paranormal, I'm not going to go into a lot of details because I'm going to have, do a whole episode, probably an interview about that here at some point because I have to bring in somebody to explain or give a first-hand account because I was so young when it happened. So, but I was really young, probably two, three, four years old. So I don't have a great, I don't have a memory of it. I, the memories I have of it, I'm pretty sure are just, you know, the stories that have been told me over the years. But that initially, you know, hearing that I had that paranormal experience, you know, really got the ball rolling with me in the paranormal fields. And then when we moved to, uh, kind of, well, I moved to Cincinnati probably f- first grade to uh, to a home which had some activity in it. And if you've seen um, or heard the episode, I believe two, episode two, Slamming Doors, that was the house there in Cincinnati that I, my childhood home, which I moved to when I was in first grade. We moved away and then moved back when I was probably about sixth grade. And the slamming doors incident happened in junior high after we moved back to Cincinnati. And that's been here ever since, except for a few years outside from when I went to college. But having those experiences in those that home, you know, it just it just was like throwing fuel on the fire. So I read a lot of books, you know, paranormal story type books about, you know, people's experiences, which, you know, gotta remember this was in the late eighties, early nineties. There wasn't a lot of paranormal TV and it wasn't as common as it is today or out in the open as it is today. You know, you still kind of get some funny looks when you discuss the paranormal openly in today's society. But back then people kind of looked at you like you're a little batshit crazy sometimes because the whole mindset of the paranormal was completely different and that's one good thing about these so-called paranormal shows is they have sparked the interest in they have got more people involved in the paranormal which is great the more eyes you got on a problem the more opportunity you have to get some answers and find out what is going on the more eyes the better your odds. So I applaud them for that. I'm not going to get into content. I think anybody that listens to this podcast knows my overall general tone towards the paranormal shows. <coughs> but that, you know, so I'm typical when it comes to people getting started in the paranormal, you know, an experience which sparked an interest and then the fire grew. To, and it drove me to today's 
where I'm at today, essentially. Now, I can say I'm very fortunate that I had parents, or my mother, I should say, really did not hamper my curiosity or my experiences. If anything, she helped with them. She, you know, it wasn't a complete, it wasn't a total, let's talk about it at the kitchen table. No, but she didn't say, well, don't talk about that either. You know, it was an open dialogue about it. It wasn't real prevalent in our conversations or anything, but she didn't think I was crazy because she had had the experiences and she had had experiences when she was younger. And so she didn't close that door to the paranormal or to the unexplained or anything with me like so many people do in today's society. You know, a lot of people think that we are open when we were children. And then as we get older, society kind of shuts that door for us because it's not seen as acceptable or it's just becomes taboo, essentially. You know, people might think you're crazy. So naturally, as we get older, we skew more towards being non-believers or we just close ourselves off to the supernatural, essentially. So that was not the case for me. We were open about it. We did discuss it, but it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a topic of conversation 24-7. It was just open there, and it was the elephant in the room. So I was fortunate in that aspect. A lot of comments that I received to that question were, you know, just like that, you know, an experience or a death in the family or, you know, somebody close to them died and came, they came back and spoke to them before they even knew they were dead. You know, things such as that, which that was somebody, I don't exactly remember who sent me that, but I believe it was their grandmother passed away and she lived 50, 60 miles away and the grandmother came to see them and, you know, didn't they didn't go into great detail about the conversation, but naturally they were visited by the grandmother. And when that visitation happened, the grandmother had just passed. You know, that kind of stuff I would expect, and that would drive anybody to go down this paranormal path. But that was a majority of the responses, as I expected it would be. Um, you got a lot of, you know, just curiosity. You know, it's fascinating to them, which is totally acceptable. This is a fascinating field to be in. I mean, because it's exciting because you don't know what's around the corner. You don't know when that light is going to get turned on or that door is going to slam or you're going to get tapped on the shoulder. You know, it's, you know, it's the thrill of it. And that is one of, you know, a lot of one, I know one person said it, but um, the the thrill of ghost hunting or paranormal investigating, you know, going to a location that should have activity or has reported activity, and sitting in the dark, asking questions, and walking around in the dark. I mean, it gets the blood pumping. Now, it's not as glamorous or exciting as some of the paranormal shows make it out to be. It's tedious and can be boring at 
most times, let's be honest, because most times you don't get not you don't get anything. You're just sitting there talking to yourself in the dark. That's all you're doing. But there are other times then when something happens, you get a knock, you get a response, or you hear a disembodied voice. Those are, you know, they're few and far between. I mean, I shouldn't say few and far between, but, you know, they're spread out and they don't happen all the time. So that is like an addiction. You get, you experience that, you want to experience it more, and it just builds and snowballs. So, you know, maybe some of us are adrenaline junkies to a certain extent. Some of us like being scared. Some of us just have a knack or a desire to, or a fascination with things that we don't understand. That is awesome, and I applaud everybody that does do some paranormal research, paranormal investigating, or just has a general open-mindedness and desire to learn more about the paranormal. That, that, like I said earlier, that is the only way we're going to find answers. That is the only way we're going to shed some clarity to this topic or to this subject. And well, like I've, I've said before, we never, we're never going to get a hundred percent knowledge of what's going on when it comes to the paranormal. I mean, and the paranormal is such a broad subject. I mean, paranormal just isn't ghosts. Paranormal is, you know, cryptids. You know, aliens can be our paranormal because we don't know, understand what's going on there either. Um, alien abductions, especially. But anything we don't understand in the world or the supernatural world, you know, is paranormal. So it's just not spirits and just not demons. It's just not heaven and hell. It goes much further than that, especially the perfect example is cryptids. Are a lot of these cryptids complete and total BS? Absolutely, there are. People are seeing things and they're just misidentifying, you know, a coyote with mange or a bear with mange. But some of there, there is some truth to some of it. They're all all legends are based in some sort of reality or some sort of truth. You know, it's like the old telephone game. And as as these stories have passed down through the generations, they have changed and they have been interpreted in different ways. And it maybe has built to something that it's not. But we are always finding new creatures. You know, we are always finding new species, I should say. So to say that we have all the answers or we've found everything is really narrow-minded and giving us more credit than what we deserve. You know, we don't have all the answers, whether it come to, comes to cryptozoology, whether it comes to aliens, outer space, or the supernatural. It's all a guessing game for us, but it takes research. It takes an average Joe going out and doing a little investigation, getting a digital recorder, and asking him some questions. You know, that's what is going to have to be done for there to be some sort of answer found or get some clarity. Now, but here's the thing. This is society is, especially with YouTube and everything, it's so hard to filter out all the BS and the faked evidence. You know, I've talked about 
faking paranormal evidence in the past, especially with YouTube. There's in today's technology, it's so easy to fake stuff. I could fake stuff in a matter of minutes, and I'm basically a moron when it comes to Photoshop or any kind of video editing, as you can probably tell. Um, but so it's hard to go through, filter through, and go through all this stuff and find the things that are truly, you know, paranormal, or there might be a spirit or a picture of a spirit or a picture of a shadow person, or that is a true EVP. I mean, we're kind of cynical by nature, and people are generally assholes, so you get a lot of baked evidence, and that does hurt every person who puts out credible evidence or at least puts out evidence they don't understand what it is and they're looking for help to find an answer I don't this this picture I don't know what this is in this picture I'm not saying it's spirit but there's something in this picture can anybody tell me what this is you know but no matter how good your piece of evidence you are always going to have people that either mock you or say it's faked or whatever and that is why I always talk about the personal experience. That is something you can't take away from me. I can't take away from you. You know, if I'm at a location and I hear a knock on the door or a knock on the wall or a footstep, now, is it definitely paranormal? No, I have to do a little investigating, find out. But it's a personal experience. Just like at Ross Opera House, the lights turned on. Do I know for sure that? A spirit turned on those lights. A, we were getting a lot of noises in the vicinity of where that light would have had to be plugged in, or it was plugged in, but in that general vicinity where that light turned on. So I'm leaning towards spirit, but it's not 100%. And I would, in, in the video that I posted of that particular event, I didn't say it was 100% ghost. When I talked about it on the podcast, I, did, I don't know what caused it. I hope it was a spirit trying to screw with us a little bit or make contact, but I'm not 100% sure. That's the beauty of the paranormal. Whenever you hear somebody say that they have 100% evidence that the afterlife exists or that they have paranormal evidence, odds are they're full of shit. And they probably faked it because they're looking for attention. I, you know, it's just one of those things, no matter what you put out, no matter what piece of evidence I put out, somebody will be there to tell me down with ghost hunting, that kind of mentality. So let me know what you think. If you are, do not follow me on Twitter at night underscore ghost. So you did not see that question. I threw out there in Twitter, the Twitter universe. Go ahead and leave a comment. What got you started in the paranormal? Or send me an email at ghostinthenightpodcast at gmail.com. All the links will be in the show notes or description if you're watching via YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, I would greatly appreciate you going ahead and hitting that subscribe button and hitting the bell and getting some notifications that lets you know when I post a new video, which the episode podcast episode podcast episodes if I could speak clearly, come out every Thursday, and generally Friday is when I release 
the video form of the podcast episode. Uh, I am thinking about going and doing a live version, maybe going to an extra day, doing two episodes a week here in the future, and maybe like Monday and Thursday, the Monday episode will actually be a replay of the live podcast recording that I want to do on um, Sunday night. That way I can get some interaction with you all in the paranormal world, whoever follows me on Twitter. Um, that is just something I'm kicking around right now. If you have a comment on that and you want to give me your opinion, if you think that's a great idea, if you think it's a crappy idea, or you think I'm a moron for even thinking about it, let me know in the comment section or at my website for the podcast, ghostinthenightpodcast.com. Let me know what you think. Um, I don't know when I will start that, but who knows? I'll probably just do it and see how it goes. And knowing that I'm not going to get a lot of comments or a lot of interaction while I'm doing the live stream of recording of the recording session of the podcast, just to kind of see how it goes and how it plays out. But when I do start doing it and I make the decision to actually commit myself to doing it every Sunday night, I will let you all know and we'll see what happens. I really hope if I do do it, you will kind of join in on the live broadcast and interact. That way I can kind of interact with you while I'm actually recording the podcast. Get your opinion right then and there. That way I don't have to wait for, you know, a comment or a direct message on Twitter. But be sure to follow us on all our social media. There'll be links in the description and show notes at ghost in the night podcast at gmail dot or ghost in the night at ghost in the night podcast dot com. And also don't forget I'll put links in the description. If you want a podcast t-shirt or any of our paranormal merchandise, I will leave that link in the description and the show notes as well. Of course, if you look at the show notes, you're on the website anyway, and there's links all over that site as well. So head on over there to our spread shirt store and pick up a paranormal podcast t-shirt. Greatly appreciate it. Help us out with recouping some of the costs for producing this paranormal podcast once again thank you for taking the time to listen and we'll see you next week take care everybody Millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance. ADP is staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate complexity. Learn more at ADP.com. To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, ADP is staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate complexity. Learn more at ADP.com.